Hello everybody, welcome to episode 18 of Opposites React. Today is Wednesday, May 27th. I'm Tyler, here with Sarah. Hi. <laughs> and of course we're here to talk about movies, video games, and whatever else is on our mind. It's actually been kind of a productive past week for me. I've watched a few series or movies and obviously well we'll start with gaming like we always do because my gaming habits haven't changed again it's it's more of apex it's more of mlb the show how about you anything special more animal crossing mm-hmm. no persona ever played no persona, persona with miku ah okay that's right you're playing miku yeah so what miku picross i haven't touched picross either really yeah hmm. it's literally just animal crossing and miku and then i forgot xenoblade comes on friday i keep forgetting that oh yeah uh, but I told oh. myself I can't beat I can't play it until I beat Persona Five, so I'll see it next year. Yeah, a little bit of exciting gaming new related news the other day when your uh, mail came. Oh, the Animal Crossing guide. Yes. Yeah, it's not like we didn't know most of that stuff already, though. We do use it to find uh, villagers' birthdays, though, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, was, that was fun, yeah. <laughs> and we learned a couple of things I read to you, I think, about uh, uh, the, 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 the schedules. Oh, or, what, oh, what you talking, oh, you're talking about the, the nooks, cranny. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize you had 20%, 20%, 20% less. 20% less, yeah. Because yeah. some days I'm lazy and, mm-hmm. I, and I just don't go inside. Like a ton of fish or something. It's yeah, like, yeah, I don't feel like talking to me and Tommy. I'm going to be antisocial and sell it outside. Apparently, that's a bad choice. Yeah, I, uh, I don't want to say I kicked one of my villagers out the other day. He, he kind of asked to leave, and I was like, "Yeah, you can go. You're not oh, one of my favorites." Finally, who was it? Uh, Murphy, oh. kind of a grumpy bear. He was, he was okay. I didn't hate him. I just, I, yeah, I, I like probably like eighty percent of my villagers right now. If yeah. a couple of them want to leave, that's fine. Yeah, same. <laughs> There's like a few I'd be like, "Okay, I'd like to make some room for somebody else." Is there any other gaming news recently? I'm trying to think. No, no. Oh. Apparently, PlayStation Five is gonna be announced soon, but that's about it. The PlayStation State of no State what do State they call of Play it? started today. Was no, today no, for last no, what do they call that sale they do in June? The um, the, oh, the, you know what days I mean? of play. Day, or yeah, days of play. That that everybody's like I mean, in terms of me for me playing like MLB the Show. Everybody speculates that apparently it's been confirmed already that MLB the Show is going to be on sale for like forty bucks during that. Um, forty Canadian or forty American? Probably forty American. Okay. But uh, so usually when they have a sale like that, it also corresponds with a stub sale. Well, you better save your monies then. Yep. I will. Uh, so, yeah, we want to talk about. Uh, let's talk about what we've been watching then, because that's been a little more productive this past week. So for me, I know I, I mentioned this last week that uh, I'd finished season one of Afterlife, that uh, the Ricky Gervais series on Netflix. Right. Season two came out, I think, uh, in April of this year. So I got around to watching season two last week. Uh, I pretty much, I almost binged it all in one night. Cause I, I pretty much, I watched there's six episodes. I think I watched one episode one night, and the other night I was just laying in bed watching on my phone. And I pretty much watched the last five episodes. Cause when it got to the point where I was like three episodes in, I'm like, well, I got to see how this one ends now because it's getting interesting, right? And it was a uh, like season one was was really they're both really good. Season one and season two are both excellent uh, uh, series to watch, but uh, season two especially hit me hard. I don't know, they really brought on the emotions in that one. Ricky Gervais was really impressive from an acting. Like, people are actually saying like he may get nominated for an Emmy for this wow. one. I mean, he wrote all the episodes too, which is Did he? yeah. Uh, but yeah, he yeah he doesn't really get acting in this one. Awesome. It's it's definitely I don't want to get any spoilers, but um, yeah, definitely if you watch if you liked season one, yeah. then for sure season two is being more of what you more what you expect with a lot more character development too with the other side characters that he works with and uh, family. Yeah, family and his dad stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's really good though. I I would recommend it to anybody. And 
I watched a new movie the other day. I rented a few movies. Uh, it's the one I've been looking forward to. I think it actually just came out. Well, it came out in early March this year in theaters. And of course, you know, in March, the COVID thing kind of blew up. So I don't, I don't think this movie lasted very long in theaters. They kind of put it out on, on demand on Blu-ray pretty early. So uh, it's, it's called The Way Back. That's the Ben Affleck. Uh, oh, you talked about this before, yes. Yeah, the Ben Affleck film where he plays a basketball alco- coach. alcoholic. He, he's a high school basketball. His his old high school recruits him to be the head coach. The other coach had a heart attack, I think. Oh. So uh, he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really want to do it. Like, it's not much of a spoiler. If you watch the trailer, it'll give everything away anyway. So basically, he's the reason why he's an alcoholic. I mean, he could have been an alcoholic before, but the reason I think now why he's a heavy alcoholic is because he had an eight-year-old son that died of cancer. Okay. So, and then his marriage fell apart and his, him and his wife were separated and he's just kind of living on his own. Um, I don't think they ever actually disclosed what city they're in. I want to say it's, it looks like it's somewhere out west. I don't know exactly where, like in California somewhere, I don't know. But, um, so he's living on his own, he's working a construction job. So the beginning of the movie though, just does such a good job of setting up, without any dialogue, setting up his, his what his character is going to be like for the first few minutes. Eh? So he, he's working this construction job, gets off work. Like he didn't talk to anybody at work, right? He's just working by himself, walking back to his truck by himself. He gets into his truck immediately, reaches into his center console, pulls out a beer, pours it into a cup, and then just, you know, driving home and drinking out his beer. And then uh, gets into his house. First thing he does, goes to his fridge, grabs a beer, and then they show him later on, like, like showering. He actually has a, sh- a beer in the shower with him. That's like, okay, so every frame so far he's drinking in. So and it's actually a really good, uh, like, sort of like montage later on when he's trying to decide. It's pretty early in the movie when he's trying to decide whether he wants to take the basketball job or not. And he's he's practicing like, like he's just sitting at his table drinking a beer by himself, and he's pretending like he's calling the 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 guy from not not the principal, but whoever runs it's like a Catholic high school, so whoever runs the Catholic high school, the father or whatever, he's trying to call this guy back, and he's reciting. He's like, oh, you know, father, like I, my life's really full right now, and on time, yada yada. So as he's thinking about what he's gonna say, he keeps going back to his beer and grabbing another beer, another beer, another beer. And they show him like drinking like twelve beers, and then as he, as he gets more and more inebriated, he uh, starts to get more like vulgar with his like reciting his lines to the to the and then eventually he just calls back the next day and says he'll take the job so <laughs> but i would say like it's so the director director's awesome i love the director he's done a lot of other movies that i like before too he did um uh going all the way back to what was it, like 2004 2005 he did that uh, he does a lot of sports movies just for context so he did sports theme movies i should say um he did the one called miracle with kurt russell that was based on the the u.s hockey team winning the uh gold medal okay back in the i think it was 1980 olympics uh and then he also did that one that mma movie called warrior that's the one with uh Trump, tom hardy and uh joel edgerton when they're okay. like mma brothers that was a really good movie he did that one a couple years ago with ben affleck called the accountant yes that's, that's, really good. that's not sports yeah <laughs> no that was not a sports <laughs> one but Obviously, he like working with Affleck on this one, brought Affleck back for this one. But yeah, the movie's like the pacing is great. It's probably about a two-hour movie. The pacing is great, um, and the basketball scenes are really great too. Like you, you like the kids, you quickly learn the names of the kids on the team. Like they do a really good job of like not like forcing it down your throat, but right away you're just like, oh yeah, that's Brandon, that's Marcus, that's you know, you remember the names of the kids, right? Because right? they they develop some personalities for the kids on the team too. But uh, yeah, and, and I like how the movie doesn't. And I'm going to get into a little bit of spoilers here, but not heavy spoilers. Well, it's not that kind of movie. I don't mean, any twists or anything. But I'm just going to say, so halfway through the movie, you get your normal, like, get, so the team is terrible. Like, they don't, they haven't won a game in, like, you know, years. So uh, he, the first, first, few, first few games, they get blown out because he's just learning the team and the players and stuff. And eventually he gets them to buy into his scheme. He So what, what happens is when the team starts winning and turns it around, he also stops drinking. Like at one point he pulls out, he pulls up in front of his favorite bar at night, and he's, he's about to go into the bar, and then he decides, no, I'm going to go back home and just work on drawing up plays for the team and stuff, right? So 
you're, you're, you're hitting that whole stride where you're like, okay, the team's like winning a 10 game winning streak. They're going to go to the playoffs and he's not drinking anymore. It's like, yay, happy ending. Maybe he'll get back together with his wife, that kind of thing. And oh, then, boy. but then what happens is, so they're, him and his uh, wife were they're, they're separated, but they go to a birthday party for a friend of theirs who also had a son that was in the cancer ward with their son. Now their son recovered, his son didn't. Ben Affleck's son didn't. Right. So, anyways, so he's at this party, and then uh, the the other boy's name I can't remember his name, but the other boy falls ill at the party, and then they bring go back to the hospital. And they find out that his cancer is back, um, back from remission or whatever. Yep. So that at that point, the, it, like something just kind of like kind of breaks in Affleck, and he immediately goes back to the bar and gets drunk again, and then uh, he ends up being late the next day for the basketball practice, and they find out that he was drunk, and the school kicks him off like the fire room right mm-hmm. and the rest of the movie just becomes like alcoholic again picks up a girl at a bar does has like a drunk driving accident so the movie ends with him going to like rehab which is which is a real life parallel to ben affleck's story because ben affleck also had, was an alcoholic and he went to rehab so but it doesn't have your typical happy anything right like usually you'd expect a movie like this like, okay the, the coach kicked the habit he's going to be coaching this high school basketball team everybody's going to go well like the team still does well without him because they still want to win for him because they like the coach but the movie ends with like a sort of like a real truth you know like he fell back into his alcoholic habits and lost his job and had to go to rehab right it's it's not a great end not a happy ending but it's a realistic ending and i appreciated that from a movie like that you know it is it is an r-rated movie because there's a lot of swearing in it so it's not like it's not gonna be like a pg-13 sports movie you can show your younger kids or anything there is some adult themes but yeah i, I thought it was really good and i would recommend it to anybody that likes either if you want to see a good action from Ben Affleck, you want to see a good sports story because the sports scenes are all shot really well. Basketball, I think, is one of those sports that's pretty easy to shoot films for. Like, it's hard to shoot football movies, I think, just because of like the way because they, they always want to get up close to the actors and stuff. And then at that point, it's it's hard to pull off the realistic. You can't pull off realistic football stunts with real actors, right? Just, whereas the basketball, it's like you know you can get decent. You can get actors who either had played basketball in high school or maybe they played NCAA or something because the kids in the movie don't have to act particularly amazing. They're not going for, you know, Oscars or anything here. <laughs> but the acting was good all around. And uh, yeah, it's a good film. Do you want to talk briefly about what we watched together the other night? We watched Knives Out. Knives Out. My second time seeing it because I'd seen it in theaters back when it was out last year. Now, I know, obviously, for you, unfortunately for you, you I, I had spoiled the plot for you before because when I got home from watching the movie that night, I think I just spilled the beans to you because I was so excited. Like you do with every movie yeah, you watch. Yeah, I was like, so excited about seeing the movie. And I didn't really think you'd care because you don't watch a lot of movies. And I didn't think you'd even like a movie like that. But So, like I said, even you going in knowing the whole plot and twist and everything yesterday, which we won't spoil here because I wouldn't dare, so I don't want to spoil it uh, for you guys. You got definitely need to go, see, go in and see this movie blind if you can. Um, but still, based on the... What do you think? The way the film was shot, the writing, the acting, all good? It was fine. Just fine? Like, I, I knowing the story ruined it. I don't, see, I don't see why that... See, that's where you and I are very different. I can I can know a, an entire story or an entire plot and still go into a movie and watch it and appreciate things for it, but you can't. No, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I don't want to know anything. Because <laughs> the whole movie is like, oh, can we just get to the point? <laughs> Like I'm, and then when they say something like acting, it's like, oh, I see. Like you're trying to lead me to the ending. Like the beginning of the movie, they said a couple things. Like mm-hmm. I get it. So it's for the ending. Like when you can see those holes already, it's like, yeah, the movie is, it's just foreshadowing, and I'm just, I already know it. It was, it was boring to me, which is unfortunate because I was looking forward to it. <laughs> but whatever, I think it, if you went in blind, it would have been good. So yeah, I was disappointed. That's fine. It's not a movie you can rewatch, I guess. 
Or maybe well, for you. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I thought a movie I could rewatch. Yeah, well, you only rewatched Grey's Anatomy and Gilmore Girls. So. But they're great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I still have one more I got to watch that I rented. I'll probably watch it tomorrow or I think it has to go back to the store on Saturday. I'll probably watch it, probably watch it tomorrow. But uh, it's called, I think I told you it's already off, off mic here, but it's called Dark Waters. It's one with Mark Ruffalo and Anne Hathaway. It's based on a true oh, story yes. about he's like a, a lawyer. And they're investigating a uh, corporation for, I think, polluting the water in yep. this area. Yeah, it's based on, like I said, based on a real life story. I think it was. It's not too f- in, back in the past, is it? Yeah, I want to say it's probably eighties or nineties. Yeah. I don't remember what era it was from, but you've never seen Aaron Brockovich, have you? I think I've seen bits and pieces of it on TV. I've never seen it from start to finish. That's I know, I, one too. yeah, I, I would watch that sometime. Well, uh, like I said, I that that feature that we sort of started last week. Remember, I told you I had that list on my phone here in front of me of. Netflix things, for things the past that, five years. Yeah, my, my viewing history on Netflix for the past five years. We, I think we chose four or five films last week. It was that we four discussed. because that, the third one was a bust. So <laughs> you wanted to end on a good note. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how we do again today. So go ahead and. Throw, I don't remember the numbers I picked last uh, time. <laughs> well, that's fine. If you pick the same one again, I'll just. Won't. I'll try and pick different. Okay. I mean, it was between one and 150. So. Okay, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. 82. Alrighty, number 82 on my list is... Okay, well, you've seen this one before. I, I'm pretty sure you've seen it in its entirety, so we can probably talk about it together a little bit here. Um, War of the Worlds. The Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg, 2005, I want to say. No, I've never seen this. you never seen it? No. I know we watched it on TV, or I had, a, I had it on TV recently, maybe in the background for something you weren't watching it, but... Yeah, no. You I remember putting it? up the merchandise and the... the <laughs> I don't even know paraphernalia at work mm-hmm. like for it, but I've never watched it. Yeah, it's um, it's not not particularly one of my favorite Spielberg films. It has a lot of plot holes, and especially the ending. I'm not gonna get into the ending, but it's very disappointing. Just the ending, it's just dumb. It, but uh, I mean, Tom Cruise is great in it. You got uh, you know, so set up the story here a little bit, I guess. Like Tom Cruise is sort of like a not a deadbeat dad in this film, but like he has two younger kids. Oh, two kids he has a, a teenage son and a, a younger daughter who's probably i don't know eight or nine i think she's played by dakota fanning so the movie starts with him having, having to like watch his kids so i think his wife who he's either separated or divorced from his wife had to go visit her parents or something so i think he's watching the kids and right off the bat you can tell he's just like you know doesn't really get gets along well with his daughter his son kind of hates him for every reason just typical teenage teenage boy not getting along with his dad so, but you know, once the action kicks in, it's probably about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes into this film. It's, it's really good. Like the first scene where the aliens show up, uh, like the special effects in this film are really good, even for a film that I think is like 15 years old now. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it has, and then it sort of goes through, it goes through lulls in this movie. It, it has some pacing issues in my opinion. Uh, like there's some, it, it gets, it really draws down a bit towards the second half of the film when they're on the run from these aliens him and his daughter because his son gets separated i won't spoil that because it's a stupid moment but him and his son get separated so him and dakota fanning are are running they they run past the house and uh the homeowner is like tries to get them into his his cellar in the in the basement there where they can hide and uh, so the guy who owns his house uh, is played by tim robbins you know from shawshank redemption he's Sure, but, but so <laughs> he turns out to be a nut. Like he's like you know conspiracy theorist thinking. So right away, like Tom Cruise kind of realizes that uh, you know they're not going to be safe with this guy. But they have no choice but to ride it out until the aliens pass over or something. So there's a lot. There's that they stay in this house probably for it feels like half an hour of movie time. It's probably not that much, but they're in this house for quite a bit of time. And then there's, there's a lot of character building that goes on there. 
And uh, so, yeah, but then after that, again, uh, when they leave the house, there's some more pacing issues, in my opinion. And I just, I don't know, the second half of the movie is not as strong as the first half. Um, but Tom Cruise is great, and he gives it his all. Uh, I've probably seen the film overall like four or five times uh, since it came out. Um, so it's like a, a good I can, I, can put on, I, can, I can put it on in the background and watch yeah. it any time, but for me to sit there and watch it straight through for like two hours or a little more than two hours, however long it is, I'm like, right. eh, it's, it doesn't always grab my attention. So, but it's on, like I said, if it's on Netflix, if you're looking yeah. something to watch it, it's a good time, a good way to, if you've never seen it before, I would definitely say recommend watch it at least once. If you have seen it before and you vaguely remember it, yeah, maybe try it again. But like I said, once I think that first half passes, you're kind of like, yeah, this is getting Oh yeah, of, I remember this. Okay. Kind of dull. <laughs> yeah. The ending's not great, so. Right. That's a big stick. That's a big stickler for me. I, I can deal with a movie that has a slow beginning as long as it sticks the ending. If it has a great ending. Uh, but a movie that uh, just filter, like fizzes out in the second half and it has a terrible ending, it just kills all rewatch value for me usually. <laughs> So that's what I got for that one. Okay. Okay. What's next? A hundred and one. Oh, maybe I did that last time. I might uh, have done a hundred. You did. You did one last <laughs> time. Good job. Yeah, that was Lockhawk down. A hundred thirty-four. Hundred and thirty. Okay. All right. This one I did watch recently. I want to well, say. Well, that's one hundred thirty-four. I would hope so. Oh, that's true. Yeah. For, <laughs> never mind. So, yeah, I think it was probably earlier this year. Actually, looking at this list, yeah, it was definitely earlier this year. Um, so you've watched sixteen movies this year. Yeah, at least. Um, well, it had to have been. I think, yeah. So, I thought I watched about 20 of these movies this year, I think. But, uh, yeah, so this one, 134, uh, Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, yeah. Because then you that. rented the second. You rented, oh, no. No, no I didn't rent them. Because the first two were on Netflix. Right. I, I literally watched the first two back to back. So, just so you know, 135 is going to be the sequel. <laughs> but 134 <laughs> is Olympus Has Fallen. And then I watched the sequel. And then the yeah. third one was on Amazon, which I watched oh, like last month. Oh, okay. Or, yeah. I remember listening to that, yeah. yes. But so yeah, Olympus has fallen. I think it came out in 2011. I want to say. Really? Is that old? Twenty. Yeah, maybe it's 2013. I yeah. I feel Lucas was alive. You could be right, but uh, so it's a. Um, I don't want to call it like a diehard ripoff, but it's a diehard ripoff. Why? Why do you think it's a diehard ripoff? What's a diehard ripoff? Exactly. Then why you agree <laughs> with me? So. Just because it sounded smart. <laughs> so it star it stars uh, so it's directed it's good it's the difference between this one compared to the sequels London has fallen and Angel has fallen this one was directed really well by uh, Antoine Fuqua he did uh, like Training Day the Equalizer does a lot of stuff with Denzel I like the Equalizer yeah uh, he does some other ones too that I'm missing Tears of the Sun but he's uh, he's a good director so the action in this one is really good and, and the dynamic is good too between the story is set up between you have Gerard Butler who's the Secret Service agent. And uh, his relationship with the president of the United States of America, which is played by Aaron Eckhart. You know him as Harvey Dent. From oh, Thor I know Night. Harvey Dent. So, uh, yeah, so early on, pretty early on in this movie is when the action kicks in, and it's pretty much nonstop from there. Like, this movie, compared to War of the Worlds, this one does, definitely doesn't have pacing issues. Okay. Unless you hated the first 15 minutes. But there's, there's an important backstory at the beginning of the movie, and then once the action kicks in, it's awesome. So, essentially, there's an attack on the, on the White House, and uh, I think it's supposed to be Korean terrorists, and uh, like North Korea. And they eventually, you know, take over the White House, uh, kidnap the president, not kidnap the president because he's in the White House. They just take him hostage in the White House, mm-hmm. I should say. And they, you know, threaten to kill him unless they, like, they have, like, the whole basically, because usually what happens is when there's, when you have all the, this is, like, the standard protocol, whenever you have all the president, vice president, politician in the White House, whenever there's, like, a terrorist attack, they have, they would have, like, a bunker in the White House they go to, like, a safety right. bunker. Yep. And so the North Koreans know how to break into this bunker, and that's basically oh, where they boy. hold, they hold, so they're trying to get these passwords, they, it's, it's sort of like, you're, it's almost like a video game plot, it's like, 
okay, so there's three of these important cabinet members have these passwords to unlock these, these nuclear <laughs> codes. You know what I mean? So Each they, one of them has one exactly number. right. So they're like, we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna threaten to kill the vice president and the secretary of defense yeah. and the second you know and the, so eventually they get all the passwords and they're yeah. gonna like launch. The movie even ends with like, oh, they're gonna launch this nuclear attack. And there's like a five minute countdown going down on the screen, right? Uh-huh. And of course, Jared Butler's having a hand to hand fist fight with the main villain. And it's like, yeah, it feels like a video wow. game. But like I said, it's it, like a good romp though. Yeah, like the it, you're not you're not in it for the uh, the amazing story or, <laughs> or, or writing, but the action's really good, and uh, it's a really good action. Like I said, it's it feels Die Hard, but I, the reason why I say it's almost like a Die Hard ripoff because the idea behind Die Hard, the original Die Hard, is you had just John McClane by himself taking on a bunch of terrorists like one at a time, right? And that's what this movie is because he's in this Gerard Butler is in this White House by himself. Like he sneaks back in after the rest of the Secret Service gets slaughtered by all these terrorists. So he's kind of like sneaks in through this secret compartment that he knows how to get into the White House into the <laughs> into the Oval Office. And then one by one, he starts to take out these terrorists. And then, like I said, eventually it ends with him having like a one-to-one fist fight with the main North Korean villain. So, uh, yeah, really good action film. Like I said, if you've seen, like I would compare it to, especially because they came out within a couple of years of each other, I, I would say the action film is definitely on par with like The Equalizer. So if you've seen The Equalizer, you'll know what to expect action-wise. That's cool. It's cool. It's a good movie. What's next? Give me another one. Mm. 27 Ooh, 27 we're going back here mm-hmm. 27 <laughs> okay i'm pretty sure you've seen this one or if not you've at least heard me probably watch it a half a dozen times it's one of those things like i can always watch it if it's on tv or sometimes i was like pop it on netflix so it's just a fun it's a really good background movie i've probably seen it like a dozen times i mean it came out in 998 i want to say armageddon oh yeah the, the bruce willis yes and uh it's got, a lot, it's got a lot of good actors, good ensemble cast. Yes. I mean, it's a lot of actors who were, like, big in the 90s. Yeah, you know, it's sure. like, you had, like, well, unfortunately, you know, you had, like, just trying to think off the top of my head, you had Michael Clark Duncan, who unfortunately passed away, you know, from the green guy from the Green Mile. The, the crazy guy? What? No, the, the meat. The main guy from the Green... John Coffey from the Green oh, Mile. Oh, I the know big, John the, Coffey. The big, the big guy. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the other guy that I thought was in Armageddon. That's also in Green Mile, I believe. Is it? Who are you thinking of? I don't know. Maybe there's not that many actors in the Green Mile. Okay, now now we are getting off topic here, but we got to talk about this. The Green Mile, it's obviously not Tom Hanks. No, it's another guy in a cell. You're thinking about the Wild Bill. Yeah. No, that's Sam Rockwell. He's not in Armageddon. Really? No. Then who am I thinking of? I don't know who you're thinking of in Armageddon. Is Steve Buscemi? Is that who you're thinking of? I have no, no clue. I If I could see a picture <sighs> of these things. No. Uh, no, no, just but, no. You can't have this. But so Armageddon, it's definitely so. I should start off by that by saying directed by Michael Bay. So if you know oh. what to expect, but this was Michael. No, no, Michael Bay in the nineties. <laughs> that was his prime. Okay, he did Bad Boys One. He did The Rock, which is the greatest action film ever. Uh, I'm not even joking. And then <laughs> I didn't say you were. I've never seen it, so I don't know. What have you seen? I haven't seen The Rock. Oh my gosh. Oh, we got to stop the podcast right now. We're going to watch The Rock and come back and talk about <laughs> no. it. Like the whole podcast I just heard movie. Dan Reichert on his like stream of Top 100 talking how good The Rock it is. It is. It's amazing. But anyway, so this is this is before Michael Bay got silly with all the Transformers stuff. Okay. This the first was, Transformers was good. Yes, the first one was. But I'm just saying. That was bad. Yeah. Back in, like, well, I was going to say Armageddon. I was going to say most, most of Michael Bay's early films like The Rock and Bad Boys have had a lot of practical effects like with the action scenes. Armageddon obviously can't because it's based, <laughs> it's about space. Yeah. So the whole, now the whole plot of Armageddon, it, it is very dumb because to basically sum it up, you have, so uh, Billy Bob Thornton, he works for NASA. He's the, uh, I don't know if he's the head, I don't even know what his position would be at NASA, but he basically runs the, uh, so they, they detect that there's going to be a big asteroid 
that's going to collide with Earth in like three months or something. That's okay. how far out they see it coming. So, uh, and it's like, you know, the, the lethal alarm again, because apparently this asteroid is so huge that it would just like destroy the Earth. Like it's whether it lands in the ocean or whether it lands on, on Earth, they, they, they go through this whole thing in the movie where like the, just the impact will almost like a hundred nuclear bombs going off, you know? Mm. So, uh, so the whole plot behind this is that they, uh, so Bruce Willis at the beginning of the movie, he, he runs, he works on an oil rig. Okay. Uh, so they, and he's known as the best oil driller in the world. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So Michael Bay's like, or not Michael Bay. Well, <laughs> I think Michael Bay might have wrote it too. So, uh, the, so NASA, I guess, determines that because like, the first thing, obviously, that this is like a great A crew that's going to go to space, and yeah, well, the, because the first, obviously, the first thought, like that the the U.S. the Secretary of Defense has, like, oh, why don't we just blow this asteroid out of the sky with like nuclear missiles or something? And they don't try to tell well, it's not going to work because this thing is like the size of Texas. Like you can shoot as many bombs you want at it, it's not going to stop. So their their idea was to send a team of drillers up there, so Bruce Willis and his crew of a dozen or whatever, to break it apart. Of they were going to go up. They're going to go up there with a nuke. They're going to go. So they're going to fly a shuttle to the asteroid, land okay. on the asteroid, drill a hole in the asteroid. It had to be like I don't know. 800 feet deep right. however deep drop the bomb down and ideally the bomb would split the right. thing in half and right. the two halves would miss the earth so right. it's a very silly I plot. love this it's awesome but it's a typical 90s it's so cheese. 90s yeah it's so 90s but honestly like for a movie that's over 20 years old it actually holds up really well like not only special effects wise but just uh the corny value yeah like it's just <laughs> but no it's it's it just feels like those kind of epic space movies you don't see anymore mm-hmm. you know nowadays space movies are all serious oh, he, oh stuff. yeah it's all a serious say, exploration you have and, like yeah you have like interstellar or that at ad astra at astra yeah. gravity yeah like stuff like that yeah this one is just yeah, you're it's it's michael bay in space if you want to solve anything <laughs> that's what it is. It's, de- it's definitely a movie dan Riker would, are also dan Riker would love this movie yes. for sure so but yeah so i mean it's again you're not going in this although to be honest you know what it bruce willis this might be some of his best work that he's done because he actually cares in this movie nowadays he just mails in every performance like outside of diehard movies in this one this those are some of his best before okay I, i'm gonna I'm not giving enough credit here. Bruce Willis was really good for that period between like 89, which is when Die Hard came out, and let's say 2000. Where's your cutoff? Well, 2000 for sure, because that was Unbreakable. I'm trying to think what he did mm. after Unbreakable. Uh, I want to say 2005 was probably, from what I could think of, his last really good performance. But he's really good in this movie. And uh, you, know, you also have, you have you know, Billy Bob Thornton's in it. You got Ben Affleck. You got, uh, I guess, Emma Clark Duncan earlier. You got uh, Steve Buscemi. What does um, Billy Bob do anymore? Anymore? Well, what does he do anymore? I'm trying to think of the last. Like, I feel like movie I haven't heard about he him forever. In. I mean, his last big role that he was like got a lot of acclaim for was when he did the Fargo a few years ago on the oh, Fargo he was on series. Fargo? He was the villain okay. in the first season of Fargo. Yeah. So, uh, but again, again, on topic, but Armageddon, it's a. I think it's a really good, really good film. To uh, whether you've seen, it, you've seen it before, you can. De- you, it's one of the things you can definitely. If it's on TV, uh, if I'm cycling through and I see it, I'll watch it. Although I hope it's the unedited version because well, oh, these things are on TV they get edited terribly. And I'm yeah. not talking about just like editing out swearing, but just like they let it out certain bits of scenes and like I don't know, it just it ruins the whole. It's a long movie. I think it's like probably two and a half hours. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but it's good. I think it's still holds up really well. It's funny because it came out. There was a big thing. I think it came out either the same year or a year apart, there's another movie that came out called Deep Impact. Okay. That had almost the exact same plot. Well, really? the same plot involving an asteroid hitting the Earth and destroying it, but this one didn't really have... That That one was more realistic. That one was more Uh-oh. about setting up a space shuttle to try and find out how to alter the course without actually shooting a nuke Uh-oh. at it. It was more like... <laughs> there was more scientific in that film, whereas this one's more about entertainment. Right. But this one's definitely better. 
I think, then Deep Impact is a good movie, but it's also very heavy on the melodrama. And it's just, mm. you know, it's this one is just like, if you want a d- good dumb time uh, with some crazy action, it's, it's good. Yeah. Sounds interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, cut, let's do one more. 99. 99. Okay. 99. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure you've seen this one before. And again, you keep saying that for well, every movie. I would think so. Like, <laughs> okay. So, again, this one, I want to say this was 06. I want to say 06. Uh, it's based on a book. <laughs> okay. A book that I've read. Oh, it's got to be it, like, but... I don't even know. Uh, Dan Brown book. I was going to say yeah. Dan Brown. Goodness gracious. Yeah. It can't be Da Vinci. It must be Angels and Demons or something. No, no Angel, I, think, I think Angels and Demons was 08. So this was this is 06. This would be The Da Vinci Code. I didn't even know that See, was ever on Netflix. It's funny because they did the movies out of sequence, right? Because yeah, the, the book, book wise, first. English Name was the first book, yeah. Da Vinci was second. But I guess because Da Vinci Code was, I think, bigger. Massive. It, was, it was more massive of a seller. So they figured it'd be better to do a movie for that one first. I get it. So again, I, I think from what I remember, obviously having read the book and watching the movie here, uh, the movie is pretty real, like pretty um, sort of like, not realistic. It keeps true to the book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't change a lot of things. Uh, it obviously added some stuff out for time yeah. considerations, but so I don't know. The movie is divisive. Uh, like critically, I don't think it was very well received. Nope. I think I'm pretty, no, it made a lot of money in the box office. For sure. Because again, piggybacking off the success of the book and people were, I mean, it's a well-made film, in my opinion. You have Tom Hanks playing the lead role yep. of Robert Langdon, who's a, uh, I think he's a Harvard, uh, He's an author. He's a is it philosophy teacher or something? I it's can't remember close exactly to that. It's, it's a lot about symbols and stuff. Yes, like symbolism and stuff. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a symbologist. Yeah. Is that what it is? So, and he gets recruited to uh, like the. He, I think he's at a, He's in the movie takes place in, in Paris or in France. I don't know if it's it is Paris. I think yeah. it takes place in Paris. At so the he, Louvre. He's, he's, yeah, he's yeah, the Louvre's there. So he's he's there doing a. Uh, like a, a sermon uh, he was invited a sermon not a sermon what's really for a lecture doing <laughs> yes. a lecture seminar on <laughs> yes. sermon uh, I mean the movie has a lot of religious oh un- for sure but for it's sure, funny but, that you would yeah, go there I know so he's there giving a seminar or speech or whatever to a bunch of uh, probably some like university yeah. or, or collection of students there and uh, so as he's like signing autograph afterwards like a book signing or whatever uh, the police come up to him and they ask him to investigate they ask, well, they ask him if he can look at they show him a photo of a dead body and they say because there's some like yeah. re- religious symbolism going yeah. on with the, with the body the way it was marked but then it's revealed this isn't much of a spoiler because it happens pretty early in the film yeah. but they bring him to this crime scene and then as he's analyzing this crime scene uh, this other like French detective shows up and she sort of like she she creates a diversion for the, so the other cops will go away and she tells him that like she tells Robert that he's actually being investigated for this murder like they think he's a, he's suspect, a suspect because the, the 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 person who's dead they wrote um like they wrote in blood what they were dying they wrote like find Robert Langdon so the police think that he was identified but they erased that before Robert yeah. saw it yeah so he didn't see that part but the reason why the person who died wanted Robert Langdon to be found is not because he was the suspect or the killer or anything. It's because like the he knew he could crack the code. He knew he cracked the code exactly. Yeah. So the whole movie goes down. There's I mean it's one of those movies that's so it's directed by Ron Howard, who does a really good job directing it. Yep. Um, it has like a lot of twists and turns. Again, if you've if you already read the book going in, you're not gonna you know, you know what's gonna happen. Yeah. But if you haven't read the book, then I think it's really good. Like the way they film it is really good. Um, there's a lot of because there's a lot there's a lot of explanation. Like there's yes. scenes. There's scenes in the middle of the movie that can really drag down the pacing. It doesn't bother me, but it I know has some people. To, but it has to for explanation. So there's a scene where, like, so probably I don't know, forty percent through the movie, Tom Hanks eventually meets up with another older gentleman that he knows that knows a lot about mm-hmm. all this stuff, and it's played by Ian McKellen. Yeah. Um, so they have all these scenes in this house where they're talking about all these religious, you know, 
uh, historical events and all the conspiracies involving like Jesus and Mary Magdalene yep. and stuff like that. So the Last Supper. Yeah, I mean it's all. It's all in Dan Brown's head. None of this stuff is... Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? This is a work of it fiction. It says before the film. Yeah, it's a work of fiction, but it's really interesting. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good fiction. Yeah, it's a, it's a good good twist. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, in my opinion, like I said, so they've they've done three of these, if you want to call them <gasps> Robert Langdon movies. They've done three, which is the third. So, so I'll say they did Da Vinci Code, they did Angels and Demons, and then the one they did, I think, uh, three or four years ago was Inferno. They did, oh they did do Inferno yeah. I never saw Inferno they skipped, yet they skipped that other one Lost Symbol I yeah think. they did they skipped that one because that wasn't a great book in my opinion Inferno's not his last one though is it Inferno was the most recent oh, book oh it is okay. yeah. is that on <clears> Netflix too I think Inferno was on ne- it, was, it was at some point I don't know if it still yeah. is but it was I want to see if I can watch it in a trilogy yeah uh, Inferno is the weakest of the films in my opinion I Although, like the story though yeah the stories are still entertaining but it definitely did, like Da Vinci Code was the best uh, see Angel of the Demons was a really good book yeah. But Angel Demons, so it's weird because you had the same script writer for um, Da Vinci Code as Angels and Demons, yeah. but the script screenwriter, for whatever reason, changed so many things in Angels yeah. and Demons, it drove me nuts compared to the book. Yeah. Uh, whereas Da Vinci Code, they stay pretty faithful to the book. The so. only thing I remember about Angels and Demons is uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> I <Don't> remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so. I remember sitting in the theater with you just complaining. <laughs> uh, and you don't usually complain during movies, but you were just like, oh my yeah. Oh my gosh. So Da Vinci Code. I mean, it's also like I said, it's a pretty long film, probably two and a half hours if I had to guess. Yeah, I t- I like sitting through the whole movie though. Like that's yeah. a movie I can sit and pay yeah. attention to and be like, oh yeah. Yeah. It's a well, it's a well-made film. Um, not probably not great for rewatch just because. Oh, I've rewatched it. No, oh, no, so have I. But I'm just saying, like when you rewatch it, you already know what's gonna happen. You, you kind of want. Sounds s- like Knives Out. What? Well, no, but. <laughs> this one I found rewatchable. It's not a murder okay. mystery. Well, it kind of is a murder mystery. I don't know. I think I more enjoy the the backstory, the history, than I do yeah. the actual plot. Is yeah. probably why I can rewatch this one. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay. Well, I think that's well, that's good for now. We'll leave off. Yeah, I like this little game we're playing. So let's <clears throat> try. <clears throat> excuse me. Let me try and remember. Let's try and summarize here. What are we talking about? Four movies tonight. We did. Uh, we started with. Um, what was the first one we discussed? Oh, War of the Worlds. Right. I think it was War of the Worlds, um, Olympus Has Fallen, yep. Armageddon, yep. and Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Yeah. If I say, if I was going to say to you right now to watch, to recommend you two, two of those films to watch, well, I would no, say. No, I want one. You only want one? Yep. Yeah, exactly. I want to have to try. It's yeah, Armageddon. I figured yeah. as much. But I would say. If <laughs> nope, I was, don't even give me your second. No. <laughs> Fine. You have to make a choice. It's definitely Arm- Armageddon is the most entertaining of those films. Well, it doesn't have to be entertaining. Be... Well, come on. Most people watch movies they want to be entertained. I guess. Like, I don't know. You're watching a movie. I assume tonight. That's about learning. So, well, I said I'll watch it tomorrow. But no, I wasn't. Yeah, that one's not necessarily an entertaining film. It's more of an interesting film like, from a historical yeah. perspective, right? Yeah. I'm more into that than I am being entertained. I guess, except for Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, uh, oh, on another note too, I just want to mention. Um, I know I showed you already earlier this week. They came out with the uh, new trailer for Tenet, the Christopher Nolan. Oh movie, right, yeah. Which is it was supposed to come out in July. Obviously, they pushed it a bit with the whole COVID. So pandemic. Just August, isn't it? They only, for now, they only push it in August. They don't want to push it too far out of the summer. So I think it'll still happen. I, I honestly, I think theaters will be open by by August, if not but already. But in what capacity is the question? Yeah, that's a question. 
Especially because it's the movie that like begs to be seen in IMAX. Like, yeah, like they could put it on a streaming service and make big money, <laughs> but people, I think people need the theater experience for this movie. Yeah, this any Nolan movie, I think. Well, I, like I don't watching, disagree. yeah, watching Dunkirk or Interstellar in theaters that compared to home I don't is know totally if different experience. Needs to be seen in theaters or stuff like that, but. Yeah, that's probably yeah. Well, yeah, probably the prestige and like insomnia. Yeah, I was gonna say insomnia also. That don't need that. Experience. And Memento, I don't think they need that experience either. But otherwise, his movies beg to be watched in theaters. Yeah. IMAX even. Oh yeah. And this will be one of them. <laughs> you watch a trailer, you don't know what's going on. Christopher Nolan. Do you have any interest in? I'm thinking. I'm trying to think what movies I'm going to rent next time uh, I go to the store. Do you, do you have any interest in seeing Birds of Prey? Because I've been watching, uh, you know, the other YouTube channels I follow, the Cinema Wins and Cinema Sins. Oh, I know. I hear the dings all the time. Ding, <laughs> yeah. ding, 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 ding on lunch break. Yes. So they both <laughs> they both did it this past week. They, oh. they So they, they both kind of panned and appreciated <laughs> yeah. on their respective channels, the uh, Birds of Prey. And, and watching the videos, uh, yeah, it looks like an interesting film. Yeah. I mean, this one is, it's like Harley Quinn dialed up to 11. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, but I, I kind of want to watch it just to see Hugh McGregor ham it up. I forgot he, he's in yeah, it. There he's he's he came up twice in this podcast. You did good, Huey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Remember the, the thing we used to do? We talked about underappreciated actors. No, don't even do you. put him on the list. No. I think he is. If you look at his filmography, it's actually really impressive. Like, he's probably been acting for what? Uh, Almost thirty years, I'd say. I can I can name him in a lot of movies for sure. Like he's even been in, in Star Wars. Like <laughs> he's done many different things. But do I think he's a good actor? No, he can be. He is. He is B level. Yes, agreed. He's not going to be an Oscar winning no. superstar actor, but I think he's he's done a lot of diversive roles. Yes, yeah. diversive is a good word for it. Like he can see, sing. Like, like, Moulin Rouge is amazing. I love Moulin Rouge. I like Rouge. to see him in more action roles. And when I say action, I don't mean I want to see him doing like a Liam Neeson thing, but it's like I like to see him in a movie. That's why I kind of want to see him in this one. I want to see him hamming up as a villain. Yeah, you know, I, movie, I, that right? does intrigue me, yeah. yes. I would probably watch it if you got me a snack. <laughs> Popcorn in a the movie. There we go. All right. Kombucha too. Right, we'll try and get that one watched before next podcast we can talk about it. Okay. On that note, I think we're going to wrap up today's episode. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And see you next week. Stay safe. Boys. Bye.